Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 18. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. We are two months away from the start of the 2022 final series. The competition is heating up. There's plenty of teams that are vying for finals opportunities, top four opportunities, and obviously to avoid that dreaded wooden spoon. The Penrith Panthers have wrapped up the minor premiership and now that we're past state of origin, it's all... All systems go for every team as they try to hit some form heading into the final series. So we're up to a huge part of the season. I'm excited for it. Um, obviously, State of Origins are always an exciting time of the year. But in terms of the NRL, it definitely distracts from you know the core of the competition. And the competition you know gets interrupted for a month or two. But now that we're back to a full competition, it's going to make for some exciting months of football ahead. And, you know, as... Everyone knows if you are having watching the NRL this year, Penrith are just so far ahead of everybody. But really, they have to play someone in the big dance. They have to make the big dance still. But you almost and most people are almost ready to call this competition off and give Penrith the premiership. Well, you know, you never know what happens in big game situations. There's always a chance Penrith can't get over the line, and we've seen time and time again in the past premiership winning teams that when they go for back-to-back premierships, they can sometimes fall away at the end of the year. Now, obviously, this haven't, hasn't happened with the Penrith side yet, but say if we get some key injuries to someone like Cleary or, you know, Isaiah Yo, then their season might be... Their season might be keen by Fred, so to speak. So, you know, there's still plenty of football to play, and there's some teams that are really, you know, hitting their straps in terms of form. Obviously, teams like Melbourne... Um, who are always up there, and, and the Roosters, it's not, and it hasn't been their year so far, and obviously Melbourne are just hanging on to that top four spot, big game against CF Sydney this weekend, but you've got teams like the Cowboys and Cronulla that have emerged, and you know, teams like Parramatta and CF Sydney can still do a lot of damage, and you know, if the Storm and the Roosters can turn their fortunes around, then and make the finals, then you never know what can happen, so I'm excited for it, and I hope you guys are too, we're going to get into Steve's NRL footy tips for this week momentarily. Obviously, I'm recording this on a Thursday morning. It was a bit of a later show this weekend, so my apologies for the delay, but we've got plenty of games to preview. Some huge games of football. The Eels and the Broncos start at 8 o'clock tonight, so it's going to be a... um, it's going to be a big game with top four ramifications, and then, you know, the Sharks versus Penner is going to be a real litmus test for Cronulla and see where they are in relation to their season. We've also got the Rabbitohs uh, doing battle with Melbourne. as a So plenty of games to look forward to with major finals repercussions for the rest of the weekend. And, you know, it's it's because I'm recording this podcast late, I didn't have a chance to give my usual weekend breakdown. But obviously the Melbourne Storm, um, you know, they're in shatters at the moment with Ryan Pappahouse and, and his broken kneecap. I ended up getting seven out of eight footy tips right last week. So hope you guys are on. I couldn't get the perfect round because of Melbourne. But... You know, terrible to see for one of the champions of the game, one of the, you know, superstars of rugby league in 2022. And Papa in at full strength means Melbourne are better. And without him, and, you know, meaning he's a handy fullback to have there at fullback, it's going to be very hard for them to compete for this premiership race now. And, you know, without having that full breakdown, teams like Cronulla and the Cowboys have probably overtaken Melbourne. And South Sydney, who have won three in a row, and, you know, it wasn't a great win by any measure of the imagination against the Bulldogs on Sunday night. But they have obviously proved to be improvements over the last few months as well. Parramatta are starting to hit their form a little bit. So Melbourne, you know, faced the risk of being lost in the shuffle a little bit, and we're going to preview their game as we get to it a little bit more in depth. But, 
you know, it's an interesting time for sure in rugby league at the moment. There's, there's no doubt about that. And to stay notified for the latest updates for Steve's NRL footy tips, please like Steve's NRL footy tips on Facebook. You'll find all the latest updates with clip-outs and potential updates in terms of a YouTube channel launching with exclusive content by the end of the year. Uh, please also go and subscribe wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or Google Podcasts. Leave a review helps, so if you guys would like to do that, I would appreciate it. And we're going to get into the weekend's action now. Round 18 coming your way. It all kickstarts tonight at 8 o'clock when the Parramatta Eels versus the Brisbane Broncos. And the action all kicks off from Combank Stadium tonight at 7.50 when the Parramatta Eels take on the Brisbane Broncos. Both of these teams tied with the Melbourne Storm on 24 competition points. The Storm clinging on to Fourth spot in a tough game against the South Sydney Rabbitohs this weekend. So there's always a chance the winner of this game could find themselves in the top four at the end of the round. So it's a huge game for both the clubs. And the Eels, they haven't won three in a row all year this year. They were decent against the Warriors last weekend. They The Warriors made them earn the victory, but they got the two points They um, the weekend before. Again, they are okay against the West Tigers. But, you know, this talk around Parramatta at the moment is, are they good enough? to do it when it matters in the finals. And their form hasn't been great, but their team has played together for a long time. If they can build on these wins and they can beat the Broncos here tonight, it's going to do a long go a long way for them cementing a top-four spot. And we know how important that is in the grand scheme of the finals. And I think that, you know, out of all the teams that are left to be able to beat Penrith in this competition, the Eels might be one of with the biggest chance. So... They need to put it together, and it's a huge game, probably their biggest game of the season tonight. They're versing a Broncos side that weren't at their best against the Gold Coast Titans last weekend. They were missing their origin stars, and they ended up getting the job done 16-12 to the weekend before without you know up to 10-12 to players in that game. They ended up beating the Dragons 32-18. to So it's a promising sign for any club when missing a bunch of key stars. They're willing to you know work hard, their experienced men like Adam Reynolds um, and company really can step up while those other big players are out and bring them back. Payne Haas, Patrick Carrigan, Selwyn Cobbo, Corey Oates into the team this week. I think it's going to make you know a massive difference to the club. And I think they're going to be up for it. The Eagles have a really good record against the Broncos in history um, and to the point where they've beaten them their last five times they've played them. But I expect a Broncos performance... Um, that's really going to be out there to cause an ambush um, in Parramatta tonight. And you know, Kevin Walters has done such a great job getting the club going this year. And I think that it's just been involved, evolved from a team that's just forward heavy. And now we're seeing outside backs really doing some hard work. The likes of um, Ezra Mann and his partnership with Adam Reynolds has been outstanding for the Broncos. Tessie New's been really good since he's been back in that fullback position. And, you know, I just feel like just like Para, if Brisbane get the right run into the finals, they can do some damage while they're there. But in relation to tonight's game, it's going to be a really heavy forward battle because the likes of Junior Paulo and Regan Campbell-Gillard are going to have to really lead, and Isaiah Papalihi are going to have to really um, you know, come out on the front foot against the Broncos' hardened forward pack like Huss and Carrigan. They're just hard workers. They're going to um, do all those little fits, things right, and I feel like whoever can get the advantage early in this game is going to go a long way to winning it. Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown, the pressure's on them to continue to step up in these big games. They don't have a proven track record, really. And, you know, Adam Reynolds is a proven match winner. Ezra Mam is the 
the player that I think the Broncos will target in defense. So it'll be interesting to see how these two teams collide, but I'm probably going to lean the way, and I've been going back and forth on this all day, I'm going to lead the way of Parramatta at home. I think that they can win three games for the first time this season. If they do that, I think it will be a huge boost to their confidence for the rest of the season in wrapping up that top four spot. I expect Parramatta to be top four um, at the end of round 25, and this game is going to be the key factor, or one of the key factors, on whether they're going to do that. And I think that if they're serious about breaking this 36-year premiership drought, then tonight is a great way to start and make a statement and say, you know what, we've been inconsistent so far this year, but when it comes time to play some football, we've got that ability and we can you know, mix it up with the best teams in this competition. So I'm going to go to the Eels by eight points um, in a very entertaining game. This could be the match of the round tonight. And for night football kicks off from the Strata Jubilee Stadium when the St. George Illawarra Dragons host the Manly Seagulls from 6pm on Friday night. And the Dragons, I mean, it was a travesty last week. They were 20 or in that game against the Roosters with 25 minutes left. And really, it was a very important game in terms of the scheme of the top eight, which they now find themselves two points out of. Um, and then, you know, they self-exploded with 25 minutes left. Some poor defensive efforts. The Roosters went and scored six tries. And you've just got to question the commitment from the Dragons Club. There's obviously been reports this week coming up out about Anthony Griffin has favorites. And there's been a board meeting about his future. Obviously, Griffin and most coaches will have their favorite players. I mean, Griffin's got a deep history of Ben Hunt, Andrew McCulloch, and Josh McGuire. But, you know, the fact that those reports have come out now just shows you that this club who, you know, a month ago when they beat South Sydney dominantly 32-12 to at Wynn Stadium, where you're like, these guys are a finals team. They have just receded so many steps back. They've regressed um, back so much in that last month of football. And who knows what they're going to dish out for the rest of the year. They're versing a... Uh, a Manly Seagull side that are starting to hit some form. Without Tommy Turbo, there's been reports this week that he could be back for finals, but, you know, a dominant 42-12 victory against the Knights last weekend. Two weekends before that, they beat the Storm 36-30, and despite the fact that in that game they almost self-imploded before the end of the game and the Storm almost scored the two points, the fact is Manly are getting wins on the board. Sherry Evans has come back from origin full of life. Now, they're going to be missing... Jake Turbo this week due to COVID, and there's reports that a couple of other players might be down with it as well, but the way that Manly are playing at the moment, I feel like it's a next-man-up mentality. Their centres are improving week in and week out, especially Kohler. Ruben Garrick's playing some really good football out in the fullback position, and I feel like this is a team that is a little bit of a dark horse and could do some damage if they were to make the finals. I mean, I was ready to write them off when Tommy Turbo got hurt, but I feel like they've Turned around the corner, and I think their bench is a real strong point. The likes of Schuster and Pound Walker, to have those guys come in off the bench, they can make a, deep, a big difference in a game and um, you know be a potential X factor and get you over the line. And when we look at these two teams and compare them, the Dragons are a side that you never know what they're going to dish out on game day, whether they're going to be up for the contest or not. And one thing that I can say about Manly, despite the fact that they're winning games or losing games, is that they're always ready to compete, which I cannot say about St. George. And unfortunately for you Dragons fans, I think that 2022 might be another write-off season for you. And we saw a similar collapse last year after the barbecue incident. They didn't win another game all season. But, you know, obviously it's not that dire this season. But I feel like Griffin's really trying to make this and mold this football team into, in a 
particular way in the defensive mindset and a team that can also be exciting with the football. And the players just are not showing enough. And I feel like the, the Dragons might need to be put through the cleaners through some of these guys and, you know, weed out some of these bad influences because they're not disciplined enough. They don't seem to be getting the message. And, you know, some guys like Amone and, and Sullivan, they're not exactly, I don't think, seasoned for first grade yet. You've got guys like Lomax that are throwing ridiculous passes. Fagai, I debate whether he's ready for first grade as well. Um, and, you know, I, I just feel like they're developing for Anthony Griffin, but they're not developing enough to where I'd like to see steady progress that this club's getting better. I just feel like it's one good thing, one bad thing for the Dragons. And unfortunately, I don't see it changing at any point for the rest of the season. And I think that... This loss against Manly, assuming they do lose this game on Friday night, is going to kneel the end of their season. And I've got Manly by 12 because I just feel like, as I mentioned, whether they're winning games or not, they're always out there to compete. And Cherry Evans has come back from origin in remarkable form. His combination with four and, and Garrick has been impressive. And I just feel like Manly want uh, to play finals football more this year than the Dragons do, unfortunately. So I've got the Manly Seagulls by 12 on Friday night. The second game of Friday Night Football kicks off from McDonald Jones Stadium at 7.55pm when the Newcastle Knights host the Sydney Roosters. And just like the previous game, this match shapes to have major ramifications in terms of the top eight. At the moment, we're seeing a four-way battle for that last spot between the Roosters, Manly, the Raiders, and the Dragons. And if South Sydney don't start winning games of football and continue to win games of football, then they could find themselves on the outer of the top eight as well. So the next two months is shaping up to be some... Big matches, and for the Roosters, I don't think it gets much more important than this game against the Knights. It's a game that most people would expect them to win, and it's a game that they have to win to stay in touch with this top eight. They currently find themselves in ninth um, on 18 points, two behind Manly. So if Manly can get past the Dragons um, this weekend and the Roosters lose this game and drop this game to Newcastle, they suddenly find themselves four points out of the top eight. So it's a crucial game for them, and... They are boosted this week by the return of Luke Keery and uh, Hargraves is back as well. And Keery's going to go back into the halves. Marty's going to shift back into the centers. But unfortunately, last week in that game against the Dragons, another two ACL injuries. Their lack of injuries the last few years have been cruel, the Roosters. And yeah, Billy Smith and um, Tupanua find themselves out for the rest of the season. Uh, the damage that Tupanua was doing in the second row when he was getting quality football uh, can't be understated. So he's a big loss. Takiyaho also out this week. So they're not at full strength, the Roosters. But as I mentioned, if, you, if they're expecting to make the finals this year, then this is a game they have to win. And let's be honest, the Knights haven't been playing the house down. And, you know, their fans, the good news, their fans do continue to show up in Newcastle. And they've got such a loyal fan base, the Knights. But if you're a fan of Newcastle, you've got to think, well, when are we going to start seeing some results? Because they were in that game for a little bit of time against Manly last week, and then Manly just blew them away when things started to go wrong. Likewise, in the game against CS two weeks ago, when CS had plenty of Origin players out, I think that Pong has come back into the side, rejuvenated after Origin with a newfound confidence. But the rest of this side, um, I just don't know where the future's and what it's going to look like for Newcastle. Milford and Clifford, are they the answers? Um, well, Milford's going to the Dolphins, so he's obviously not. But is Clune and Clifford the long-term halves of this club? If they are, why is Milford playing six? Because he's the best option this year? Well, 2022 for the Knights is basically a write-off, so they've got to start preparing for the future. So I question that move by Adam O'Brien. 
their forward pack, let's be honest, they haven't fired this week and uh, this year in Clemmer, Saifidi, Brothers, Frizzell. What do their futures look like in the NRL? Only time will tell, but for Newcastle, I think the best strategy for the rest of the year is blooding some of these young players, giving them some more taste of first grade guys like Tuala, um, Sorlo, Brody Jones, Phoenix Crosslands, um, Leo Thompson. These guys might not be first grade ready now, but if you give them some experience at the back end of the season, give them some substantial game time, then I think it's going to help Newcastle in the long run. But really, this the rest of the year is a write-off for them. They're just counting down to you know their mad Monday, and I think the Roosters will put the cleaners through them on Friday night. Unfortunately, I've got the Roosters by 22 against the Newcastle Knights. Super Saturday this weekend kicks off from 3pm at GOO Stadium when the Canberra Raiders host the New Zealand Warriors. The Raiders, it was a really good win against the Storm last weekend. What an upset it was. I mean, Pappy Housen went down injured for Melbourne, but a real hardened performance by Canberra. They earned the victory. Their defense was ruthless. They managed to find their attack and some spark in their attacking football. So... You know, we saw one of the get tries of the season was James Schiller. So things are on the up for Canberra. Their season's still kicking, still at a heartbeat. Again, like that Roosters game against the Knights, every game is shaping up to be important this round. And, you know, the Raiders need to find a good way to get over the Warriors, who didn't make it easy for Parramatta last weekend. They were in the game up to their eyeballs. They competed hard. And Stacey Jones, even though he was out with COVID last week, I think he'd be really proud of the effort that the Warriors put in despite not getting the result. They've got a lot of talent in their side, the Warriors. And, you know, Darjan Arcee, who I was a big fan of in the first half of the season, the contribution he was making at 5'8", he's been recorded to the side this week. Chanel Harris-DeVita's been put back to fullback. And, interestingly, Reese Walsh has been dropped back to the bench. Now, there's reports this week saying Walsh could be out the door going to another club for the rest of the season before he departs the Broncos next year. And maybe the Storm are potential suitors for him. I think that... Just like Tavita Pengai Jr. last year for Panthers, one team could strategically, like Melbourne, use him to try to make a premiership run and get the best out of him. But it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next week because August 1 is the cutoff date for teams finalising their squads for the rest of the season. But in terms of this game, I think that the Warriors, um, they still lack resilience. When things go wrong, they go wrong quickly. I mean, the Parramatta scored two tries within two minutes to really steal that game last weekend. And their forward packs aimed up over the last few weeks. Toe Harris and Curran and the like have really made a difference. And Jazz Tavunga's been working hard there all season. But the Raiders simply have more to play for this week. You've got to think that Fogarty and Wyden's combination is going to get better as the year progresses. They still haven't played much footy together, and Wyden really took onus of winning that game for the Raiders last weekend against the Storm. He stepped up in the big moments. So I'd like to see them get some more football in their legs together, and the forward pack, I think, has been outstanding the last month. The likes of Papalihi, Tarpany, who has been leading this squad, Tarpany, for all season, um, and the likes of Young and Elliott have really been playing good football as well. So Ricky Stewart has Canberra the Canberra side, and some of the Canberra fans believe that they can make a late run into this finals race, and, you know, just like mainly, even if they lose games, then a lot of times you'll see the Raiders really competing on every play, which is good to see that they haven't given up, and, you know, with a winnable game against the Raiders, that uh, against the Warriors this week, and they can get past them, they go to 20 points, and suddenly they're real contenders to get 7 for 8 spot on this Telstra Premiership ladder, so I've got the Raiders by 20 points this weekend, I think the Warriors will fight, but I think just like last weekend, that near the back end of halves, they're going to drop off a little bit, and I think the Raiders can expose them, especially in front of a home crowd at Canberra. I think that we're going to see one of Canberra's best performances of the season on Saturday afternoon. 
Huge Super Saturday coming your way this weekend and these 5.30 and 7.30 games uh, until the best games on paper that we might see all season at 5.30 from Bluebet Stadium. The Penrith Pampers take on the Cronulla Sharks. And for Penrith, all the stars are back. Cleary, Luai, Isaiah Yo, Brian Toe, Stephen Croydon, Liam Marden. The list goes on. Uh, they're back to full strength in the versing of Cronulla side that have won five in a, in a row now. They get Talakai back this weekend. They get Nakora back. Tolman's back in the squad. Unfortunately, Sion Katoa's out for the season. But other than that, both of these teams are basically at full strength. And the Sharks, this is going to be a big test for them because they haven't really got a huge scout this season in terms of beating a team that's, you know, a premiership contender. They went down to the... Uh, they, they beat the Cowboys last weekend, I guess. But obviously, they're out a few stars, but in terms of being full-strength teams, they haven't beat the Storm, they haven't beat the Panthers, obviously, and um, they haven't even beat anyone like Parramatta. So, it's going to be a big test for them this weekend, and I think that, you know, the likes of Finucane and McInnes, what they've added to the side in terms of experience and um, and professionalism can't be understated, but they the test this week against Penrith, I mean, they almost look an unbeatable at the moment. They've only lost to the Eels this year, and they're winning even when their big stars are out, and it shows you a sign of a championship team, and the fact that they're well on their way to going back to back in this premiership race, and no one else is even close to them at the moment, just speaks volume about how good Cleary has got these guys, and how primed and ready he's got them to go back to back in this competition, and... You know, I think the Sharks can be really competitive in this game. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they've shown this year that they're a gritty side, and um, when things go right, they can pile on points quickly. Moylan's been outstanding, and his partnership with Nico Hines has, you know, really steadied the ship there at the club this year. Hines, his first half of the season was electric. I'd like to see him, you know, the effort's always there from Hines. I'd just like to see him play his natural game a little bit more than he has the past month or so, and, you know, for Cronulla to have any realistic chance of beating Penrith this week, he's going to be at to be at his absolute best. Their forward pack really needs to aim up as well because you know the likes of Leota, Fisher Harris, first, second tackle hit ups, Kikia, Marden, um, they're going to be making plenty of meters, and I think that it's up to the likes of Rudolph and Hunt and Nakora to really step up. We know that Wade Graham, Fanukin, and McInnes are going to give their all, but. Uh, the players that I just mentioned, they probably don't have the experience in big games that some of these Penrith forwards do. So the onus is going to be on them to really um, take it to Penrith early. And for Cronulla to really upset Penrith, it's got to be an ambush from the start um, in front of Penrith's home crowd there at Blue Bet. So, I mean, it's it's a possibility that Cronulla can get over, especially I don't I want to see Penrith lose this weekend you know, I don't, usually don't say that about teams, but the fact that a lot of these Penrith stars, including Nathan Clear, went over to Bali halfway through the season, I think that, you know, why they probably were entitled to a break, it seems a little bit arrogant and a little bit cocky to me, taking a break at this point in the season. So, um, you know, I'm sure it restored the batteries and, you know, it might be the reason they go back to back, but to leave the country halfway through the season just doesn't seem right to me, um, unless obviously something like Latrell Mitchell, you're going over and you're getting surgery to just leave your team for a week and, you know, have a holiday. It just doesn't create a good look for me and I hope hope that, you know, because of that, I hope the rugby league gods are watching and, and Cronulla can out over the line, but I feel like Penrith are going to be too good at the end of the day, and especially for their star powers. You look at this lineup, and it's almost flawless on paper. 
for Cronulla, I think it's going to be a good learning test, though, for him, and I think it's going to be a good lesson in terms of how to be competitive in the finals because Cronulla will be there. It's just whether they're going to be there, um, you know, in the preliminaries or the or the grand final. But I feel like this game will give them a lot of experience, and I think Cronulla got a bit of a tougher run coming up over the next few weeks um, and make them finals ready by making them a tougher outfit and that mentality is going to change to okay we're really overachieving this season and we're going to be finalists in 2022 to let's go one better and make a big impact in the finals and potentially steal the premiership so it's a huge weekend for Cronulla and I feel like they're going to be up for the task but they're too uh they're too much experienced Penrith they, they know how to win the big game situations and I feel like Cronulla will be in this game up to their eyeballs for 60 minutes, but then the class of Penrith will just get them home and over the line uh, when the game's on the line in those in those big moments. So I've got Penrith by eight points on Saturday night. And the final game of Super Saturday has me really excited. It's one that I'm going to be in attendance for on Saturday night at 7.35 when the South Sydney Rabbitohs host the Melbourne Storm from a core stadium. I am a South Sydney fan for all those that don't know and listen to the podcast. And the Rabbitohs have found themselves three wins on the trot Wins against the Knights and the Bulldogs might not sound impressive on paper, but they do build confidence in that big ski up against Parramatta a fortnight ago. will do nothing but help South Sydney um, in their mindset heading into this game on Saturday night. Latrell Mitchell has coincided with the Rabbitohs' turn of form. He, a form. he has been outstanding since coming back in the first grade side from injury. Him and Cody Walker's combination has been electric, and I think that Latrell's done nothing but good things uh, for Cody's confidence. And I think Cody Walker has been able to loosen up a little bit and not feel that pressure of having to really control the team because I feel like when Cody thinks that he, he has to do everything and game manage that side, I think that he and the whole team suffers as a result. They beat the Bulldogs last week without their origin stars in Cam Murray and Damien Cook. They're both back on board this week. And apart from Tane Milne, who's been dropped this week for Jed Cartwright, that's a change. But apart from Campbell Graham who's out with that facial injury. I think that the Rabbitohs, for the first time, basically all season, are full strength in this matchup. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go up against the Melbourne side that's lost three in a row, and they're really struggling at the moment in terms of injuries. Obviously, I mentioned at the start of the show, Ryan Paverhausen, unfortunately, broke his kneecap, and he's out for the rest of the season. But apart from that, they get you know some of their origin players, which they did have last weekend, back on board this week. Green Anderson returns via the bench, and the onus is really on Munster and Hughes to and Grant, those three players in particular, to really control this Melbourne Storm side and really get them back to where they should be as a premiership force on this ladder. And you know they're down to fourth. If they lose this weekend, they find themselves in danger of being outside the top four for the first time in years. And it's the most vulnerable Craig Bellamy side's looked in a long, long time. Um, I feel like we're really going to see a response this weekend. We're going to see a determined Melbourne Storm side. I don't think their forward pack's been particularly good so far over the past month of football. The likes of the Bromwich brothers and Josh King and Felice Cafusi is back on board as well now after his personal issues. I think that they all have an onus to step up. And, you know, Melbourne for so long has been next man up mentality in terms of these young recruits coming through. They're still learning their craft, but... The likes of Kamikamika on the bench and Jordan Grant, I feel like they have to really, you know, help this forward pack out that's struggling at the moment. And, you know, it's not going to be an easy 
way to get out of this for Craig Bellamy. It's just going to be have to be done by hard work, completing their sets, not making easy errors. And the one thing that Melbourne can take heading into this big game against the Sydney this weekend is they've they've only lost five games ever against the Rabbitohs. They've got a 31 out of 36 winning record. They've never lost in Melbourne. They're playing in Sydney this weekend, but. You know, CS Sydney at the moment, they're enjoying their football and they've got one of the toughest runs coming up before the finals that I think are really going to have them primed for a finals run. But honestly, the pressure this week is all on Melbourne um, because, as I mentioned, this is the most vulnerable we've ever seen them. I think I might be riding them off to win the premiership without uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, and I don't think they can do it. I think a lot of pundits are agreeing with me, and usually when that's the case for the Melbourne Storm, they come out and they um, prove everybody wrong and show that they're still, you know, one of, if not the elite team in this competition. But to say things haven't gone the way that Craig Bellamy would have hoped for the Storm this year is an understatement, but they're still Melbourne. They're still capable of putting some big performances together. And with their huge winning record over CR Sydney, the Rabbitohs haven't even beat them since 2018 in any um, form of the game. Usually I'd give the edge of Melbourne. I just feel like something's different this time. And I feel like the Rabbitohs, are starting to get back to a force similar to the one that we saw last year. Obviously not the same. Obviously, they're not going to be the same without Adam Reynolds. But Lachlan Lewis is, you know, getting some more experience under his belt. He's growing as a first grader. And I feel like the Rabbitohs are primed to potentially, um, you know, ask some questions to these sides that are expected to be in front of them in finals and cause some upsets and who knows, potentially make their second grand final in two years. So I'm going to go see our Sydney by 10 points and I'm really loving the style of football they're playing at the moment. Their completion rates still aren't the best, but what they're doing is, um, you know, they're competing on every play, which I don't know if they did last, uh, before Latrell came back and they just seem to be a confident football side at the moment. So I've got to see our Sydney by 10 points against the Melbourne Storm side that we've never seen more vulnerable. Sunday afternoon football kicks off at 2pm when the Canterbury Bulldogs take on the Gold Coast Titans from Combank Stadium. And if you're going to miss one game of the weekend, I think this is a game to miss. It has no finals ramifications. And both of these teams are pretty much just preparing for their 2023 at this point. Somehow, Justin Holbrook still has a job. I'm surprised. So is Matt Dupont, who's been a guest on this show multiple times. And, you know, while I admit their effort was a lot better last weekend, I still think the cleaners need to be put through the Gold Coast Titans. I mean, they'll be in a position to win that game, and they probably threw it away against the Broncos last weekend. There's some guys out there that are just putting the effort in every week, players like Brimson, Bo Firma, and Big Tino Silmalalu. But overall, and even Mo Fodawake, I'll add, add to that mix, but overall, some of these guys... You've just got to think how they in first grade, how they, how did the Titans spend so much money on them? And it's disappointing because obviously we saw how good they were at the back end of the competition the last couple of seasons. And really, I'm struggling to see any major positives against this Gold Coast Titans side. Sexton was better last week and, and they fought hard, but, and the young rookie Fafita had a good debut as well. But I mean, in terms of winning football games, they can't beat the Bulldogs this week. I don't know if they're going to win a game for the rest of the season um, unless they verse the Tigers before the end of it, which I think they might. So, um, you know, the Tigers and, and the Bulldogs, I think, are the only realistic teams that the, that the Titans can win. And I don't think they're going to beat the Bulldogs this weekend because you look at the Bulldogs' effort areas last weekend against CS Sydney. They didn't get the two points, but they were in that game up to their eyeballs and really asked some questions of CS Sydney. And... The likes of uh, Matt Burden is really leading this team around. I think Flanagan's 
um, been in good touch the last couple of weeks, and their forward pack has really aimed up the likes of Max King and Paul Vaughan, who's going to the English Super League. I think have been outstanding the last month of football. So, I mean, if you look at the difference between the two sides, the Bulldogs, they're preparing for 2023, but much more positive um, and playing a much more positive band of football than the Titans at the moment. Potter's got these guys up and ready and um, to compete every week. Obviously, the signing difference between the two sides for 2023 are... Leagues apart, the likes of Kikiao and Reed Marnie coming to the Bulldogs. Who are the Titans got coming? I, I, the only thing the Titans have coming for me is, you know, five more years of pain. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go to the Bulldogs this weekend. And for those Gold Coast Titans fans, I just, you know, it's, it's going to be a long road to get back to being a pe- competitive side for me. And Holbrook apparently has been a short of his position for 2023. I can't believe that considering how much of a rut they're in. I mean, there's talks to sack Anthony Griffin for St. George, and Gold Coast are in a much worse state than St. George are. So, I mean, I'm going to go to the Bulldogs. I'm going to go to the Bulldogs by 14. I think that it'll be a probably close and lower quality game of football, but um, the likes of, you know, Josh Adokar, who's in doubt for this game, and, and Matt Burden and those forward pack that have, have stepped up in recent weeks. I think they're going to be too much for the Gold Coast Titans side that probably have never been lower in confidence at this point. So um, the Bulldogs for me. And the final game of the round takes place at 4.05 when the North Queensland Cowboys host the West Tigers. And the Tigers in the past week have announced Tim Sheens will be the coach in the 2023 and 2024 seasons with Benji Marshall taking place um, as head coach after being assistant for those two years for a three-year deal. And... You know, that's a big commitment uh, for the club to make on a rookie coach in Benji Marshall. And, you know, what if the Tigers are still in this mess in, in two to three years? Then Benji Marshall's going to have to figure out how to get him out of it. And Tim Sheens is a great coach. He's done so much for the game of rugby league. but And they've got some great recruits coming in, Corusia and Papalihi. But it's going to take a little bit more than that to get the Tigers out of this hole. And they're not playing a good brand of football. They were not great last weekend yet again um, against the Panthers. I mean, that game, they probably should have won. They competed hard in the first half, and then the second half was one of the worst halves of football by both sides I've seen in a very, very long time. And, you know, they basically threw that game away. And just like the Titans, they're a side that has no confidence at the moment. Luke Brooks at half is not working and hasn't worked for a number of seasons, but the Tigers just refuse to change it, unfortunately. And I don't want to put all the blame on Luke Brooks, but the fact that Jackson Hastings is playing lock, which I don't think he's a lock at all, um, and Brooks, he's got that halfback jersey on at the moment, just shows you that the club is all over the shop. Adam Dewey was good at 5'8 last week, and I think he is the long-term 5'8 moving forward. But um, apart from that, you can look at this side and go, who else, um, apart from Adam Dewey, and maybe Hastings, if he sticks around, is a short of their position for a few years to come. I can't answer that question. I mean, Laurie's got potential. Uh, Brown's got potential. Some of these guys, Garner. But none of them are really cemented their first-grade spots, unfortunately. And, I mean, it's just another one. It's, it's so frustrating to watch the Tigers because they should be going a lot better than they are. But, man, they're just a mess of a club. And... The whole culture of the West Tigers is is terrible at the moment. And Tim Sheens, Robbie Farrer, and Benji Marshall really have to find a way to turn that around over the next few years. They're versing a Cowboy side that has just been... You know, they've, they've pretty much come out their hardest part of the season. Obviously, Tom Dearden and, and Holmes and the likes didn't back up last, last week. And surprisingly, they had a lot of origin representatives this year. They did drop that game against Cronulla, and they weren't at their best last weekend. But they still competed hard, and... You know, this is a team that's 
might be Penrith's greatest threat at the moment, apart from Parramatta. And um, I just feel like this game, they've got to be careful not to underestimate the Tigers because the Tigers might be capable of an upset, even though they're so down in confidence at the moment that I personally don't see it. But assuming that the Cowboys are taking this serious, this is probably going to be a walking putt in the path for them. And I've got the Cowboys by 24 points. I don't know if there's much more to say about this game for the Cowboys' point of view. It's just another week where... They're up at home at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, and I think they can really put on a show for their their fans up there. And you know, having their full full strength set side pretty much back together for the first time in a long time, just um, apart from a couple of players like Ruben Cotter, who's going to be fit in the next few weeks as well, I think is going to do the Cowboys a world of good. And I feel like it's going to be excitement and a lot of points getting scored for the Cowboys on Sunday against the Cowboys. I've got the uh, against the Tigers. I've got the Cowboys by thirty points on Sunday afternoon. So those are my tips for round 18 of the NRL Telstra Premiership. Obviously, this show's a little bit late this week, so a bit of a different feel, but everything will be back to normal on the show next weekend. Just to recap my tips for the week, I've got the Eagles being too strong for the Broncos tonight. The Friday night games, I've got Manly beating the Dragons and effectively ending their season. I've got the Roosters being too good for the Knights. Super Saturday, which is shaping up to be one of the Super Saturdays of the season. I've got the Raiders um, beating the Warriors comfortably. Panthers just being too classy for a brave Cronulla Sharks outfit. And the Rabbitohs upsetting the Melbourne Storm and, you know, getting their sixth win ever against them on Saturday night. The Sunday games, we've got the Bulldogs being too strong for the Titans. And the Cowboys putting the cleaners through the West Tigers. Those are my tips for round 18. If you're after a bet for the week, I feel like the Sharks with 12 and a half start against Penrith. It's a good bet. I think that the Sharks are going to be up to this match for the their eyeballs for 50 minutes. Panthers might get away with it a little bit later on in the contest, but I think that the 12.5 start is a good start um, for a game that shapes up to be an absolute blockbuster. So take that, gamble responsibly. Thank you guys for listening to the show this week. I'll see you next time on Steve's NRL Footy Tips. It's the exciting time of the year for football, and as we race up for finals 2022, I hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. I'll see you next time on Steve's NRL Footy Tips.